Podcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubac Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, TJ Bowser and Jared Bachman Stubbs. you know raped backstage somewhere and he has like this trench coat and he's like no bros check out what i got off the fucking torrents or like, what the hell's torrent he's like i got your hookup episode three five bucks a pop we're like this dude's full of shit so we gave him five bucks right we bought like 10 copies from this dude we're sitting at home after i'm like all right this is the sketchiest shit ever we put that shit in so three like 720p at the time it's just stamped oh with a, hey, don't duplicate this shit, but it's the full movie. We're like, holy shit. <laughs> like, so it was like the greatest thing in life ever. I'm like, oh my God. I talked to this like hijacker fucking dude who's probably going to kill me, but hey, it worked hey. out. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Dubac Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is... Jared, the Dark Jedi. And from the comic book cast, Armin. Uh, this is Armin of Solotology. Praise Papa Solo. It's the greatest movie ever. In my mind, it's all right. Yes, very good movie. Today is January 1st, 2019. This is the first podcast from the Dubac Discussion Network in 2019. Whoop, whoop, Enoskitas. Whoop, whoop, indeed. Uh, Whoop and all the whoop. Yes. So let's start today's show off with going over each other's holidays. Uh, Jared, start it off. Uh, my holiday went really well. I got to see all of my favorite people. Um, it was also Alexis's 20th birthday, so happy birthday, you scum. Uh, I know you're going to be listening to this at some point. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good time. I finally got a new microphone, so I'm sure I sound much better. You sound much better. For our listeners, as opposed to the potato I was speaking into <laughs> before. Um, so yeah, holiday was really nice. Uh, ready to get back onto the uh do-back hustle and cranking out articles and news for you guys so it's a good time happy happy uh new year you should uh get a little closer to the microphone i should yeah okay. you're pretty i far know away. it's super sensitive and i'm trying not to you just gotta like, turn down the sensitivity and then just get a little closer and choke up on it baby get really close and intimate with this baby oh i'll choke it up on it for you baby Ooh, yeah uh what about you armin um, you know, it's the holiday, so I did what anybody would do some time with family and stuff. Uh, mainly, I took a hiatus from my podcast because one, I'm lazy, so that's always a great motivator. But two, uh, you know, New Year's, I got uh, real drunk off wine. I forgot wine can mess me up real fast, so I drank like a bottle myself, and uh, oh my oh, that God. was history. So, yeah, um, it was a good holiday, nonetheless. I watched solo. <laughs> So that, that made up for a pretty good holiday. Awesome. Good shit. How about you, TJ? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, Christmas Eve, I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night, part one and two with my child. Uh, you know, killer Santa movies before Santa comes. Uh, I got to spend all Christmas Eve with her, and then she went to her mom's. But that was pretty cool. Uh, then I spent the next day with Sarah. My family got, got me a lot of support. Uh, very horror movie and Star Wars oriented gifts. Uh, 
it's easy to shop for people like us. It's it is very really, easy. really easy. Uh, I got a shadow box and I filled that with my killer Santa uh, action figures. It looks oh, pretty yeah. dope. Uh, I think I can't remember everything that I got right now. I'm not doing very good with my memory right now. Uh, <laughs> so are you drinking like Armin? Is that why? Yes. <laughs> I haven't been drinking today, but I did drink over. <laughs> did you holiday. just put a uh, fucking straw in a wine bottle and call oh, it? Oh, I went night? for a, I went to a party <laughs> on New Year's. That's what it was. That's mm. what I did. Yeah, I actually went out and did something. Uh, it was different. Look at you. Yeah. But today I got in a new shipment of Friday the 13th masks. I got an NES Jason, a DVD box collection mask, a signed Kane Hodder Part 8 mask, and uh, Tom Savini Jason signed Kane Hodder mask. Also got a Jason X and a Jason uh, Friday the 13th Part 8 signed posters, and a couple of new masks, 2009 remake, uh, Never Hike Alone fan film mask. Stuff like that. Just more stuff to add to the old collection. Going to start making the backdrop for our yet-to-be-released or announced YouTube channel. So you guys will see that in the coming weeks featuring yours truly, Chad Vader, and occasionally Jared when he talks about Star Wars stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to be any good to anybody with the horror stuff. Um, Before we get into the thick of the news, Armin, if you would like to introduce yourself and let the lovely people at home, if they don't already know who you are let them know uh so i am armin from the comic book cast pretty much if you type it in on youtube like all one word you're gonna find us then you're gonna find a bunch of hate videos too which are great because they drive traffic every time so you know (laughs) props to those dudes uh you know uh just quick star wars has always been something with me my entire life uh other than Marvel and DC, which is primarily what I talk about, I'm actually a bigger fan of Star Wars than both of those. And uh, mainly, you know, everything Star Wars is pretty much, you know, I'll take it and I'll love it to some degree, even the worst of the worst. So I'm just excited you guys invited me on the show. And I was like, yeah, this, this would be a good time because I want to talk Star Wars because on my end, my uh, co-host, Mitch, comes to talk about Star Wars. He's like, no, I mean, this sucks. I'm like, no. No, it doesn't. You, and then we get into arguments. So suck, Mitch. <laughs> take that, Mitch. You're yeah. not here to back yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's a huge pleasure to have you on the show. I've been a huge fan of yours. Um, I know TJ and I have both gotten to have our uh, podcast um, uh, goats on the show uh, when he had Johnny and I have you now. So this is awesome. Yeah, we could. TJ, why are you sending me seductive Snapchats? What the hell? I didn't ask for this. He's, he's, like, he's like sucking on his finger and shit. Like, I didn't ask for any of this. Every show, he's sending me retarded Snapchats. And it's just, it, it's distracting. And I, I'd like to focus on the show, damn it. Um, but alrighty. So, do we want to go and hop into our first topic then? Uh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> Well, it's so, time to buckle up, then. Let me do my intro. It's time to buckle up, baby. Get into the news. Let's talk a little bit about Darth Vader shards of the past discussion type stuff. So, fan film, Star Wars series, you guys have all watched it by now. So, with that being said, what do you think about it? Jared, shoot. Right on my face. Just I, uh. I Yes, Daddy. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, It... it 
it, it you can tell that this is made by Star Wars Theory. It has his patented taste for over the top action and over the top powers. Um, it captured the essence of the characters very well. Um, I feel like Star Wars Theory has a very good grasp of who these characters are and what they feel and what they want. And he was able to bottle that really well with regards to Vader and Sidious. Um, as everybody, I have not heard a single person. I've heard almost the same review from everybody on the internet, be it from Hello Greedo to uh, Christian Harloff on Collider Jedi Council. Um, everybody has been saying the same thing. It captures the essence really well. Dialogue's a little bit rocky, um, but it's really hard to write Star Wars anyway. So I have a hard time blaming anybody for not being able to have like a like an airtight script when it comes to Star Wars. Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. I think the production value was really good. Um, there was a couple like little nerdy nitpicks that I had, but that's just because I know that Star Wars theory is pouring his heart and soul into it. And I know that he would want this to be viewed with the same amount of scrutiny as an actual film. So there was a little bit of that for me, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, Dupree turned in a fantastic performance as did everybody else. And I look forward to having him on the show again to talk about it. Excellent. What about you, Armin? Um, so I watched it just about like two days ago. I'm, I'm always a little bit late on these things. I like I have to get to it. And I watched it. And um, usually I, you know, go into these fan films expecting a fan film. You know, I, I was like there at the height of the Star Wars fan film rush. Um, my final project in video classes and you know when i took film school was actually a star wars fan film that i did so i have a lot of passion for what he did and i think for what he's going for it's great because you know it captures his spirit that he has on the channel because i've seen the guy's videos floating around before even though i don't watch a lot you know sometimes i'll click it when someone sends it to me so i thought it was really well done um you know obviously there's budgetary restraints that he has on it and everything but what he's been able to pull off I thought was great, great display of overpower, like you said. And for me personally, I'm on the other side of Star Wars. I always like to get down into the less lightsabers, more, you know, like the crime underworld. So that's like the type of stuff I look for. But that doesn't take away anything from what they did, because I thought it was like, you know, phenomenal from start to finish. Great costumes, great CG, great set use for what they had. Um, Honestly, I support it. I think it's great. And I would love to see more of this type of level of fan film make a return because it feels like that it's kind of slowed down in the last decade or so where 10 years ago, like every other week, some something big was happening with these types of fan films. So, but overall, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm up on the same level as you with that. Uh... I really enjoyed watching it. I love the effects. Uh, very, very, very good looking. I liked how dark it was, especially the cinematography. And I love uh, the way Dupree, like just his presence really felt like Vader. And the same Absolutely. goes for the Emperor. Uh, the sets looked amazing. And like I said, with the effects and the cinematography. But I can't wait for uh, part two with uh, old Mace Windu. Yeah. Yeah. I also like what you were saying about the cinematography. One of my favorite shots is... um. Even though I didn't want, I was, uh, um, again, I'm very, I love the I love show, don't tell, especially with uh, Vader and Palpatine's uh, relationship. Um, not with, like I said, like how he kind of like, he bottles it, like he's, he understands it. 
but I think a lot of that relationship is supposed to be shown and not told. Like, I feel like it's, I don't think they're supposed to tell each other, oh, hey, I do actually hate you and I do actually want to kill you. Um, but again, I, it was phenomenal. But I love that shot whenever Palpatine ripped the lightsaber off of his belt. And they did that like really cool panorama from like one side of Vader's shoulder to the other while uh, Sidious was holding the blade at Vader's neck. I loved that shot. And you talk about the cinematography reminded me of that. I just love that, you know, take your phone. And he's like holding it to his throat. Um, yeah, it was really good. And it was on a budget of like a little over a hundred thousand dollars. Not bad at all. And yeah, but the thing is, is like he, he didn't make a cent off of this. No. He got he got Disney's blessing to make it, but they were like, you can't monetize it, you can't put ads on it. So he is basically running this out of his own pocket and his Patreon. And all of the Patreon money he's making is going towards the fan film. Yeah. Like if he's yeah, he's he's not using Patreon the way a lot of other people do to just fund his channel, period. The Patreon is solely for the Vader fans. How much did you say that the uh, budget for it was? A little over a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand. Like it was out of this guy's fucking pocket. I, I know you bring that up, and you know you said Disney gave them their blessing. You know, if I could just kind of tie it back to something that kind of kicked off like this. If you guys remember the old Mortal Kombat Rebirth fan film that the dude made, oh yeah, I forgot about that did that out of pocket and made it as a pitch and they were like you know we don't want this but that dude now does episodes of agents of shield and regularly talks to disney about projects and does camera work for the tv show so this could take the guy somewhere it's like and the the fact he's doing it with his own money and love i think is like tremendous so even if you like oh i didn't like that it's like well look this dude's not hollywood right it's like a exactly dude who loves this so yeah you like you can't fault them because for what he did is just truly awesome 100% 100% agreed. And I really do hope somebody picks this guy up because he is great for stories. Like he, like he, this guy's brain, he has taken a lot of like the what if topics everybody loves to do, like the, oh, what if such and such train, such and such and stuff like that. And he goes in a direction with it where like it feels familiar, but he takes it in a new direction you never would have thought of. And motherfucker, Dan Solo. Well, we're going to have a new addition in here in a second. It's going to yes, be a we are. fearsome foursome. Ooh, the more the merrier. Whatever you think. Continue talking, Jared. Okay. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the Vader fan series. Um, I can't wait to see more of it. Like you said, TJ, the next episode, we're going to get into the uh, uh, battle with the fallen Mace Windu, which I'm very Ooh. much looking forward to. I've always said... Um, ever since the uh, Mace Windu is Supreme Leader Snoke theory, whenever that came around, um, I was always very hopeful that the the only capacity it would ever bring Mace Windu back is for him to fight Darth Vader. Yeah, and I'm glad that Star Wars theory just you know read my mind, and I'm sure several other fans' minds, and went, "Ooh, Vader versus Windu, let's do it!" Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Welcome, Dan. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> uh, Armin, Dan, Dan, Armin. How Hello. you doing? Not bad yourself. 
I'm uh, I'm pretty good. Just was rushing to get my microphone set up, and uh, here I am. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, so talking about uh, a highly debated topic amongst uh, the do-backers, you know, discussioners, however you want to call it. Uh, Darth Daddy, who is Anakin's father? I think since Dan is here now, that Dan and Jared can now go to each other's throats about this. <laughs> Armin can be there to back up factual information, <laughs> and I can listen and record this wonderful mess that is about to happen. So, may I ask you, Dan, who is Anakin's father? So, now it has yet to be actually confirmed. Now, we have gotten a lot of speculation and almost act like it is like pretty much said that from the information I got from Jared today, well, like I, Jared was going to slam dunk on me with this information, right, Jared? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to dunk on you with that picture of the script. I had it on my phone and I was going to send it into the Discord. Well, I was like, I was like, I was talking. I'm thinking the whole time. I was like, he better not pull out Darth Plagueis because it's not canon and you can't use it. (laughs) But um, yeah, I did not know about that script change from the Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine basically is like saying, yeah, I willed the midichlorians in your mother's body to whatever and make you uh, i'm essentially your daddy uh, <laughs> i was i was just like wow where has that piece of information been this whole time because after the issue 25 came out and <laughs> there were those panels those famous panels that have been going around for a couple weeks now where palpatine is like behind pregnant Sh- uh, shmi and it, you know the words unnatural and the chosen one and stuff are floating around like I mean, that when I first read that, I was like, no way. Like, this is telling me that Palpatine had a hand in the creation of Anakin Skywalker, the chosen one. Because he did. But, I, Jared, I want to believe it. <laughs> I really do. But Matt Martin goes on uh, Facebook. Matt Martin, part of the Lucasfilm Story Group, goes on, uh, not Facebook, Twitter, and uh, is it was, was saying pretty much the opposite, that it's not as, like, upfront as it's as as you might think it's very subtle as to what that picture means and uh i can't remember one of the responses to that tweet but someone said something about how it was really just vader like like the the force whatever he was whatever gateway he was in was showing him almost like all of the questions that he always had but also it was kind of giving him the answers he wanted Almost like, like I, I, he wanted Padme, but I think he knew that she, he could never get her back, and that's what the that's what that vision also told him. And um, I, I just, it's just very confusing, Jared. I, I want to, Jared. I want him to be is like like have a hand in creating Anakin. Like I, but so far, that script, that changed script, has yet to. It has definitely opened up my mind way more, but we haven't had anybody just come out right and say it, and I don't think we ever will. All right. May I have the floor, sir? Yes, sir. I will step aside. <laughs> okay. So I know you keep referring to the Plagueis novel and it not being canon, meaning that it is completely struck from this conversation. However, it not being canon does not take away from the fact that it set the precedent for how this story is supposed to be told. I agree. And in the Plagueis novel, Sidious nor Plagueis deliberately create Anakin. 
what happens in the novel is Plagueis is playing around with his ability to manipulate Metachlorians, and he's performing all of these really dark um, Sith experiments on people. And eventually, Sidious and Plagueis feel this really, really, really powerful shift in the Force. And they feel this really weird disturbance in the Force. And what that was, was, as they put it, the force quote unquote striking back meaning that the force and again i know tj and i very early on in my time here at dubeck were talking about like what the balance means this lends itself towards the argument that the balance is just the natural order of things and how the sith take it out of balance the force in an attempt to balance itself created the chosen one and created this supremely powerful force user who could offset what Palpatine and Plagueis were doing. But how does the Force know that he's going to be a Force for good? They don't. It's we're going to put a new piece on the chessboard here because we need to counteract what's going on over here. We, we need to put a balancing measure in place. Like we, we need something that we, can lev- that we can try to leverage the system with here. And that's what creates Anakin. Now, with Matt Martin saying that it is not as simple as Palpatine reaching out through the forest and going, I am going to create my ideal apprentice through the midichlorians, through the force, through the dark side. That is super straightforward, and I don't particularly like that idea. I do like, however, that Anakin is created by virtue of the force going, what the fuck just happened? Right, right, right. Okay. the The force almost gets whiplash from the amount of dark side energy being used by Palpatine and Plagueis. See, now you're talking my language here, Jared. And that is why I am very, very partial to the idea of Sidious and Plagueis having a hand in Anakin's creation. Now, I, I never, now I never denied that. I always, I, I, when I, like I said, when I saw that panel, I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is saying that everything in the Plagueis novel, you know, it's kind of bringing to light that, you know, especially in episode three, where he talks about manipulating life, you know, manipulating the force to create life and stuff. It just it just really brought that whole theory that Anakin, I mean, that that Palpatine did have a hand in it. I just didn't like people throwing around the word. It's he's his father. I was like, no, no, no. Now, in, in layman's terms, like if you really, really, really boil it down. Yeah, he's kind of his father. And maybe in the new canon, they will go out of their way and give Sidious a more direct hand. Or perhaps they will keep it somewhat similar to the way it was in the Plagueis novel and be like, oh, yeah, Palpatine and Plagueis were really, really, really messing around with the dark side in a way that affected the entire galaxy. But um, Palpatine had an idea what the repercussions would be. And Palpatine was like, oh, I will help you because I know that we might actually end up creating a force messiah in Anakin Skywalker. In the person who Messiah. Armin, well, it's just your hot take before um, we get too far into the weeds in this. Okay, so like you mentioned the Plagueis, you know, canon, not canon, whatever you will. Um I'm sticking with just what Disney considers canon, obviously, on my end, because that's, you know, the definitive version, unless they retroactively add something. To me, I read that issue and I paused for a second. I was like, okay, I got to reread that just to make sure what I got from it, right? So just by looking at it, 
it's like in the most layman term possible, if you're everyday Star Wars guy and you just pick up this issue, if you read that, you're like, so he's his dad, right? So I think that's kind of the effect they're going for. Now, whether they explore this further or not, you know, whether it's a comic or maybe a movie that Ryan Johnson or someone's working on, I don't know what they have ideas for. I think that could serve to maybe undermine and make Vader less impactful equals already did in some fashion. So I don't know how far they want to, you know, explore that really. To me, I'm 100% okay with whatever they do because it's like, I want new takes on it, new stories. So if they were to come out and officially tell us in like a month, being like, no, no, Sidious is technically, you know, a father, all this manipulation of stuff and midichlorians, I'd be like, cool, let's explore that. If they're just to say this is kind of something that happened and he's maybe like implying some sort of messing with the force and that's what happened, or maybe Vader is just seeing, like you said, what he wants to, to a degree, I'm okay with whatever they do, honestly. To me, it's just give us a fresh take on something and give us a new interpretation of something. Like, we've seen them try to reinvent the Force, obviously, with the new canon. You know, like, how does their lightsaber get red? With how Darth Vader got his red saber, right? So, if that's their approach to it, 100% okay with it. Give us a new take on it. But for me, either way it goes, I'm not going to be mad because it's like, it, it it's a new fresh take on something you know i i love the eu for what it did even when it did stupid things so i can't get mad knowing that they're trying at least something new right so i'm okay with it um i honestly think that is what they're implying it's like yeah he kind of manipulated the minichlorians created danakin sure i'll take it i'm cool with it either way it goes i like it yeah and like i said i like that idea a lot um uh, my whole thing with bringing up the Plagueis novel, uh, it, it just it, there's a precedent for this, and a lot of what Disney has done in the new canon, there's a precedent for it already. Um, so I I do think what they're trying to say is that Palpatine, in this version of the story, perhaps had a more direct hand in Anakin's creation than he did in Legends, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So my, my my hot take on this is uh, I always, growing up, thought that Plagueis was Anakin's pseudo-Force father. And Plagueis was this, just this mysterious Sith that uh, Darth Sidious killed in his youth before becoming Chancellor and Senator and all that stuff. But... Uh, so I, I'm not really into this as much as you guys into this argument, but until like, so is Lucasfilm saying that it's canon that. From what I understand, they're just pretty much saying it's not as that there's, there's some nebulous aspects to this, that it's not I as see. direct as people are thinking it is. I yes. See. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's not as yeah exactly as direct uh matt martin i like i said he just said it was subtle <laughs> like it's it's more subtle than what we think um i don't understand, I don't understand like, I, waving his hand i created you she has like a dark side cloud for a uterus and him waving his hands <laughs> how the fuck is that subtle okay <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I I mean I tried not to take it as as like direct either when I because like I mean there was no dialogue there was like three words floating unnatural you know subtle and all from the, all from the Plagueis <laughs> monologue right? yeah no I I I I listened to Plagueis before it's been a while so like I I don't remember all of it but I listened to it on audiobook I love the audiobooks a, but um it's so good. yeah I'm gonna have to go through that again Jared because I just. I like that take on it where, you know, Plagueis and um, Palpatine were up to no good and just like really, like really draining the dark side of the force. And the force was just like, yo, bud, um, snap the fingers. Uh, we're going to make this chick pregnant and uh, solve this issue, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> good one. We have a comic um, book guy on here today, so yeah, gotta, yeah. you got to incorporate the MCU memes now. <laughs> oh, God, no. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it. like, I was just, everyone was just going around like, it's canon, It's that's what it is. And I was like, well, it doesn't say it. It just shows you a picture, and it's alluding you to the fact that, yes, Palpatine had a hand in the birth of Anakin Skywalker, but it's not it, it's essentially saying that. Like, it's yeah. just showing you, and you're putting the words to it, and that's like the conclusion you want. Um, but what they're trying to say is that it's not the conclusion that they have. Um, and like, you know, I guess it's this whole comic was meant to be like, I mean, it was just a, a whole visual like shotgun to the face. Like, yes. I was just like picture after picture. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, there's not enough dialogue here. Like, I got to go back. And like, I'm just looking at all of these pictures. I mean, did you see when he destroyed the um, altar and through like the destruction at the bottom, there was Naboo. Yeah. Right. Like well, there I was, was um, well, a him fighting the whole Jedi council. And then my favorite part of the whole thing was like at the end. And I can't remember. It was, it was a woman who was on collider Jedi council. I can't remember her name, but she made this comment and like, yeah, like Palpatine is a bold faced liar. And yes, the deception is a big part of the dark side and the part of the Sith. But she made a comment about how um, more often than not, the dark side doesn't lie to you. It just tells you the truth in a way that hurts. And the amount of truth that is in that spirit walk for Vader and the amount of the amount of shit that he has to just look right in the eye. Um, yeah. Like the how I think the him fighting the council was a manifestation of his frustration and his feeling outcast from the Jedi mm. was manifested in him throwing down with the council. And I love the way that even the dark side of the force was like, this is everything that you are Vader. And then they show that really, again, not that subtle, but leaves a lot to interpretation projection of Luke at the very end. And it's like, but was awesome. This is how everything is going to end for you. End it. it oh, we're in the end game now. That was um, that was such a <laughs> that comic was amazing. I mean, just um, even that phenomenal, phenomenal. part with uh, Padme, where you know we know in the movie he doesn't physically kill her, but that comic pretty much tells us like, yeah, you killed her, dude. Like, it might not have been like you know physically, but like all of your actions leading up to when she died, like. She was 
it was all because of you. Like it was your fault. Yeah. And I'm glad that the comic, in, a, in like a very like indirect way, also finally put the stupid. Uh, she loses the wheel to live because Palpatine is like usurping her Force energy. Love that theory. Anakin. I don't. There is no pre- again. Like my whole thing is like there. Like there has to be a precedent for abilities, and there has to be a precedent for powers. Yes, there is Force drain. Yes, there is essence transfer. I've never seen or heard of anybody using force drain or essence transfer on somebody else to somebody else. I just like it because it's clever. I yeah, I think it's a clever theory. She's lost the will to live. Like, what the fuck? How about you just say she's pregnant, just got strangled, and was overheating on the lava planet? I'll buy that she doesn't survive childbirth after all of that. That's uh, that's a good point couple the, points I, yeah so i like that they just go oh yeah anakin you're you're responsible for her death like just just put it all on anakin and it makes sense and just ignore the lost the will to live line because it makes no sense to just say she does not have the endurance to now give birth after the physical strain she's been under makes so much more sense hey we should move on to the next topic we should I'm sorry. Sorry, that was someone in the back. I mean, nah. Uh, yeah, so December 27th was the second anniversary of Carrie Fisher's passing. And with that, uh, social media, outpour, fan support everywhere, uh, making StarWars.net reports that Sandal, who's Sandal? Clayton Sandal said that no one's ever really gone two years after Carrie Fisher died, followed the next day by her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Her brother says fans can expect more future surprises from the iconic Star Wars princess turned general writer and comedian. We have a lot of her artifacts and a lot of the things of hers, and she's written that will, will someday be shared. There's a lot more to come from Carrie, told F- Fisher, uh, uh, Todd Fisher told ABC News. As we know, some of this will be shared in Episode 9, there's a lot. There's lots of minutes of footage. I don't just mean outtakes. This is unused new content that could be woven into the storyline. That's what's going to be give everyone just such a great kick. It's going to look like it was meant to be, like it was shot yesterday. We're not allowed to talk about the details or anything he added, but we're thrilled at what's being done. Speaking with Todd is bittersweet. Is always wonderful. Wow. Speaking with Todd is always wonderful and bittersweet, he explained. Here's a guy who lost his sister and his mom within days of each other, but he's still a remarkably upbeat guy who's so dedicated to keeping their memories and legacies alive. And I think that that helps him cope is that there are so many millions of fans around the world who let him just, well, let him know just how much Carrie and Debbie meant to them. And it goes on with Mark Hamill's tweet. I'm sure everyone saw that with the picture of her with Gary. Yeah, like the stained glass of her holding the dog. Yes. With the middle finger up. Very nice. There was a very good social media. Yeah, it was one of the very rare times we finally got to see uh, Star Wars Twitter, Star Wars Facebook, Star Wars Instagram. Did you see Billy Lord's post? I did. I don't remember exactly what it said, but I remember sobbing. Oh, I remember needing a drink after reading it. It's just, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see Star Wars on social media and not be a fucking knife fight. And, like, it's disgusting that it has to be over Princess Leia's death. What the But fuck? the fact that, like, we can all just calm down for 30 seconds and be like, God damn, she was gone too soon. 
So oh, fucking a, bro. Yeah, it was heartbreaking, and I remember. Uh, I remember because I saw Rogue One a few times while it was in theaters. Not as many times as I saw Last Jedi, but um, I remember the first time I saw it after Carrie's death. I was just uneasy, crying, sobbing. Like I, I, I a tear did come to my eye. I'm like, this, this, this feels weird now. I'm like, I can't. I need. I, I'm glad this is the end of the movie. Because I don't think I would have been able to sit there the whole time looking at Leia, knowing what had just happened. But, yeah. Armin? Uh, um, it, it's rough. Uh, you know, because, like, every time somebody you, like, you know, Star Wars was always, like, an escape for me from, like, depression and stuff. So, like, as these actors are slowly passing away, you know, like, Carrie Fisher obviously was so important to Star Wars. And, you know, just reading this, like, I choked up and I was like, oh, my God. But a part of me is like, keep that, you know, legacy alive, which kind of brings some comfort. You know, it's like it's kind of like Rogue One when you saw, you know, Peter Kosciuk. Oh, that's a little uncanny, but the technology is getting better. And obviously they had a quick Leia cameo in that and it, it looked pretty decent. So I'm excited by what they're saying about, you know, her future. It's like. I think episode nine is going to pay respect to her in a very way. And I just really, I'm really glad that they're coming out like this and talking about th things like this openly where on the other you know side of it, anytime you ask anybody involved with star Wars, anything like they won't mention <laughs> anything. So at least they're kind of like, Hey, look, we know you want to know how we're going to handle this. Like it's a hot topic to talk about. So here's the facts about it. And like, if the family supports it, then probably honoring it in a way that all the fans are going to, you know, love it. So see what they do and, you know, what comes of this, but it's, it, it's interesting, right? Cause it's like computer. So it's, <laughs> it's an interesting time to be in Hollywood right now. Cause the technology is changing for things like this. So yeah, and I have to see how it plays out. Uh, Dan. Yeah. I mean, Carrie being gone, when I say everything blew up again, I was just like, oh, man, I really hate that she's gone. And me and my girlfriend were watching Rogue One and she asked me, and actually, this is a question I wanted to know. Um, who is dressed up like at the end to do this, like to do the CGI work over? Like who was playing that part? You know how there was a guy for... Peter I can't Cushing's remember part. Her name to save my life, but I remember that there was like I can't remember her name, but there was somebody that they, um, that they put in there to. I can't remember her name, but yeah, you're right. They did have somebody there to just kind of stand in place and drop their hood. <laughs> and what's this project that they're working on? Like, I, I kind of missed that part when you were reading the article. I was just like, really, like, just like thinking about Carrie Fisher the whole time. It's like, what am I going to say about how sad I am that she's gone? And then there was like some other bit about like something they're working on for like next year or whatever. Um, or maybe I just overheard that and made it up. No, they were, they were just saying that there's like lots of Princess Leia to come. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's awesome. Like, I, I think the fact like, you know, the the women who do the voiceover work for her and all the um the, uh, all of the Norwegian animated stuff have done great jobs. Uh what's that? The Norwegian actress Ingvild Delia. 
I N G V I L D D E I L A. I'm not going to attempt to say that. I'll just make myself sound silly like you did. <laughs> but that's the girl, that's the girl that played Leia in Rogue One. <laughs> but I mean, I Leia is like iconic, guys. Every you know, ah, every guy wants to take her out on a date. Like every girl wants to be her. I mean, especially all the ones who love Star Wars. Leia is a a staple in Star Wars, so she can't go anywhere and. I'm okay with her being played by somebody else too. Like I, j- after Solo, no, after Solo, man, I'm good. Alden killed it for me, and I'm ready for more. I'm ready for a young Luke. Well, I mean, he was already young, but I don't care if we get <laughs> another story about Luke, and someone else has to play him in a new movie or something, or in a TV series, and he comes, you know, that, you know what I mean? Like it's. I'm okay with it now because of what they did with Alden, and uh, it's not the char- it's not the actor who makes the character. I mean, well, it is the ac- actor that makes the character, but it's just you can have many people play that part, and as long as they do it justice, I'm good with it. Like yeah. Alden killed it for me, so I'm ready. Like I'm ready. Give me some more Leia. If you're gonna use somebody else, like for some other content that you have, let's bring it on. See what you can do. Yeah. The story's compelling enough. No one's going to, your nostalgia shouldn't matter anymore. You know, you should be watching it and enjoying it for the story, not for the actors who are playing the character. Precisely. Is what I I think. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's me on Leia. Miss her, but want to see more of her. (laughs) Okay. Uh, moving on. Anything else? Anyone else? No, I think I'm good on that one. Okay, so I want to I want to talk about something. Uh, we're already forty minutes in, forty yeah, forty two minutes in. So I want to talk about something before we get in to get too deep in, and we end up like four hours later. So uh, the recent news about IG eighty eight and the Mandalorian and stuff. I've taken a special interest in this. Uh, talking talking to Jason Ward and stuff about all the, the information that we got. So the explore. Let's talk about exploring the Joy Gotra and the Mandalorian. And uh, the Joy Gotcha, is anybody familiar with that? Uh, I know I am, but I feel like that is something that has been not as covered in the okay. new canon that maybe that's worth like a general overview just for listeners. Okay, so the Joy Gotcha pretty much was a band of like lethal repurposed battle droids with grievances against the Galactic Empire for having been abandoned after their service during the Clone Wars who supported droid emancipation. The group was confined to an industrial complex in the bowels of the planet of the Coruscant and served as muscle for the Crimora Syndicate. Now, uh, us here, Dubak, got uh, behind-the-scenes photos from the droid factory uh, at Lucasfilm, and we saw some pictures of uh, two droids one being an astromech droid and the other one being a variation of an astromech droid with <laughs> a variation of a, a variation of I, I put that lightly variation that's that very loose. it has an four arms very like long a legs terminator <laughs> <laughs> which got others thinking in the star wars community which uh, led to the IG88 uh, story being released and with the IG88 story being released we now talk about this that so what if this crime syndicate, the Joy Gatra, takes over Tatooine after Jabba dies? What if, with the Mandalorian being there, uh, that's someone they have to deal with alongside of the remaining Empire forces that are there? He also has to deal with the local crime syndicate, which just happens to be the Joy Gatra. 
led by, you know, IG-88. Yeah, yeah. So anybody want to talk about this and uh, what how it could fit into the relativity of the Mando story? I, I like you said, I really enjoy the idea of getting to see um, just generally something as cool as the droid Gatra. It had come up a few times in the comics already. Uh, and just the general idea of droids rights <laughs> um, has been coming up more and more. So I like the idea that it's that's because of the SJW agenda that's being forced into Star Wars. Of course. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I look, I'm, I'm really excited to Fuck. see something like this on the big screen, on the big screen, but in a, like such a mainstream canon way. Yeah. And I really want to see my G88 lead. It of course is a really cool part. Um, <laughs> I don't want, how do I put this? With the information we came across before about how the Mandalorian's main uh, mission is to reinstate like his role with protecting this kid and like reinstating Mandalorian rule for whatever house he may be. Baby backpack. <laughs> Baby backpack. Um, <laughs> however, that being said, I do really I want to see the Gotra explored, but I don't want it to be the main villain. I want whatever. No, I want the uh, the rem- uh, empire remnants to be like still a big force dealing with them like you're running from these fucking crazy ass looking droids and then you go around the turn and then there's fucking stormtroopers and then you gotta run the other way but then as soon as you take off there's a there's tie fighters coming at you you know well, what I mean? that's like, kind, they kind of in the same vein of that we're like okay if you go one direction you have to deal with the revolutionary droids if you go in the other you have to deal with what's left it's kind of like in solo it's like either deal with the if gangs you, but, or deal with if you go the in the other direction though then you have to deal with the other side of this mandalorian conflict yeah and i want the mandalorian conflict to kind of be the main focus and then season two they can get more into the whole droid gotcha thing but it is really interesting to me i just i just want to see it yeah it sounds really interesting and this is I have been like excited for the Mandalorian, but not like chomping at the. Pit. You know what make it really cool? I feel like IG had a like uh, had a protocol droid, so he'd like sit there and he'd like make beeps and noises in his like, head would fucking spin. zero, and then triple zero would be sitting there and be like IG eighty eight wants to kill you now, <laughs> like, <it's> like <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Ben Fortuna with yeah. Jabba. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Give us some live action uh, triple zero and you got me, man. And hell, and again, you introduce triple zero and stuff like Dr. that. Dr. Afra. That gives you an out to have Afra in this show. Played by exactly. Anthony Daniels. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Oh, dear. It looks as though I have to slit your throat. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know why my arm's red? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Hey, Armin, check your phone. This is the droid we were talking about. Right, I'm going to check this. That's what I was referring to as the Yaster droid had a baby with a goddamn Terminator. What? No women? Fuck. 
But it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it, but. Dubak Scoop. Uh, there's a fucking droid from hell in the Mandalorian. Awesome. Uh, Dude, I, I can't thing. see it. Where is this picture? I thought it was in this droid gotra thing. Oh, uh, I'll send it back into the chat. I had to find it in the chat to save it again. <laughs> this new phone. Hashtag first world problems. Oh my god! <laughs> right? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like IG eighty eight decided to wear R two D two as armor. <laughs> oh, he has like four arms. Just like oh my god, yes. he does. Yes, he has four arms. And he arm, murdered bro. Grievous. That's what I'm uh, saying. This thing is a fucking beast. Yo, really? I want a Funko of that thing. I want a Funko Deluxe. Of that I want to see him wield lightsabers. His hands are just a mixture of fuckery. Wow. <laughs> if this thing is in there, I, this just went up to my most anticipated thing of the year. <laughs> like, right? Look how shot up it is. Like, what the fuck? And what is it going to be wielding? A vibro staff? Could you imagine? Oh, I hope it has like an electro staff or something, or like uh, the the bow rifle that Zeb had oh, in Rebels sick. or some shit like that. Fucking what? I, I, so I know that this isn't like it doesn't look like it could fit, but what if like he could suck his arms and legs in and become that R2 unit? <laughs> that would be wild. If could, like, Wouldn't that be nuts? Like his arms are his like his little feet and his legs go up into his body. That's crazy. Yo, I bet you that's what's going to happen. I'm putting money. I'm, you know what? I'm not putting money down on it, but I'm just going to put a little just I'm putting it out there into the world. That his putting, arms become like his, it, his. That's more important. Yeah, I'm thinking that, guys. I'm really thinking that now. That's all going to go up into his little R2 body. His, up into his and, little and, R2 body. And and he like looks like a normal droid to everybody, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm just some weak astro droid who only has this little <laughs> shocker thing, and then all of a sudden he's just like. Burp, 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 burp. Transformer style, <laughs> right? I want just, that scene, like you know, the Mandalorian's like, "What the hell is this droid gonna do?" And suddenly he transforms, and all you see is like his face just go, "What the fuck?" Yeah, somebody and then he looks over at somebody. Sabine and says, "Run." Yeah, <laughs> I want somebody to take whatever. If you're right, and this thing like folds out of itself into some goddamn monstrosity, I hope somebody takes that and puts in like the Transformers sound effect. Yeah, the burp, 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 burp. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Bro, in a couple lens flares, we'll be okay, man. Michael Bay would have had his. Tribute. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I like those lens flares. Uh, we kind of hopped around in the show notes on that one. Are we going to hop back up to Galaxy's Edge? You guys also are forgetting that while am, all this is happening. Listen. Nick Nolte and Carl Weathers is, is is in the is in the show. Yeah. So <laughs> I keep forgetting that like Nick Nolte and Carl Weathers are going to be right next to this goddamn thing. Oh my god! It's going to be the greatest shit Star Wars has ever put out. It's be like, that goddamn thing just transform. It's like fucking Disney watch Solo. Like we're getting together a team. I don't remember how Nick Nolte sounds. That was just like a, a uh, on the cuff. You know. <laughs> Think Chris Christopherson with less whiskey. I just can't, I, have, I can't remember the last movie I've seen him in. I just know he's got a rough, gruff voice. Oh, I think I saw um, a movie with Nick Nolte recently. Last time I saw a Nick Nolte movie was in my 
10th grade biology class when we watched Lorenzo's oil and I just, I needed, I needed the shower. Yo, I needed the shower. This robot's like seven, almost eight feet tall. <laughs> I'm like looking at the workbench. A workbench is like probably about 36 inches in height. You know, a regular table, you know, about 36 to maybe, maybe, maybe 40 inches high. Like he is freaking eight foot tall. Dan, I love how much this droid is like traumatized and fixated you like within 30 seconds. He is awesome looking. Anyway, TJ, would you like to move on to the next? I'm Mr. Kate. I decide you as good a chance as I got. That shows you how desperate I am. Just ah. $400 suits. $957 and I wore this shit in. We're after a killer, not a bunch of hookers. Yeah, well, I got a reputation for looking real nice with the ladies, man. Maybe when we get out, I can take you to a couple of spots. We can get you dressed up and we can go on a little pussy hunt, huh? Hey, I want a Photoshop. I want a Photoshop of Nick Nolte or whatever costume he's wearing. I don't Mandalorian with them standing outside of like a Twilix no goddamn way to start a partnership. <laughs> now get this. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans is locked up or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. Jesus. Jesus, H. Christ. I'm already sorry. <laughs> oh, love it. So that's Nick Nolte, and that's what it's going to be like in fucking Star Wars, but just gruffer because he's like 40 years old, older yeah. than Yeah. <laughs> I really hope Disney just listened to that. They're like, we want that. They're like, no, what do you want to change? They're like, no, that dialogue. Put that shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Get some pussy. That's cool. Going a pussy hunt. Mandalorian's <laughs> <laughs> more for the adult Star Wars fan. You know, the ones for the pussy those hunts. Stores- why are those two words next to each other so funny? Like it's gross. Like it is <laughs> like like I would not trust. I think that's I why. I think that's one of those things that Brett Kavanaugh had written in his calendar. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> in between boofing and lifting weights with uh, Friday, devil strangles, Saturday, drink beer, Sunday, pussy gun. <laughs> I like beer. I love beer. I had a couple beer. brewskis with the boys, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, are we going to go back to the Galaxy's Edge thing or are we going to jump to the Battlefront news? Uh, let's do the Galaxy's Edge thing. Talk about it. All right. So. Disney reveals stunning first look at Star Wars Galaxy Edge's park. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be is going to bring fans <clears throat> the most immersive Star Wars experience ever, and with it is going to come lines that will likely border on being unbearable for quite some time, but so worth it. As a Christmas gift to everyone, Lucasfilm and Disney Parks have revealed a glimpse at the park and its two big attractions. Revealed earlier today as a part of the annual Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade. ABC revealed a two-minute clip of what the park is going to look like guests can visit it next year, either in Anaheim, California, or Orlando, Florida. Included are looks at Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance, the park's two big attractions. The first is a simulator where six people in the Millennium Falcon outmaneuver the First Order, and the second is a dark ride where a team of Resistance operatives infiltrate a First Order battleship to weaken it from within. 
You can view the announcement trailer below. What's interesting here is the video discussed how guests will feel much a part of the Star Wars, Star Wars story that's being told at the park. It will be more than just a lobby for a few rides. It's going to be an experience. Perhaps more exciting than this, than this news is the idea that Disney has plans to periodically update the park to include more content in the years to come. This makes Star Tours look like child's play by comparison, and we can't wait to see where it goes. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be arriving in two parks in 2019, somewhere at Disneyland and Anaheim and Disney World Hollywood Studios. Scaled-down version of the park will be added to Disneyland Paris Resort a few years from now as part of that park's ongoing expansion. So, yeah. Galaxy's Edge is coming along really well. There's a, um, there's a price hike for tickets now, too. Oh, I don't even want to look at that. Yeah, I don't want to look at those either yet. <laughs> I just want to keep staying excited about it and, yeah. and not like, oh, I forgot I was poor. <laughs> I know my family is going to Disney in like the next year, year and a half. Uh-huh. So I probably will get to experience it and you guys will get like live video footage of me just crying the whole time. Yeah, same here, buddy. Of like me like behind the controls of the Falcon just like yanking shit because I've watched these movies too many goddamn times and I know what everything does. Jared's, Jared's crying all over the mission dossier that they give you when you, when you, <laughs> when you go to the uh, hotel room. He's like, oh my God, I'm actually in the Batuu. I swear to God, if Kylo Ren is redeemed and I get, okay, my wish list for episode nine, the biggest one on there behind Raylo actually happening is seeing Ben Solo pilot the Millennium Falcon. And if you don't think that if that does happen and I'm going to make sure I have a cosplay of whatever the hell he's wearing in that scene for a photo to be taken of me behind the controls of the Falcon, you're high. I'm yeah, that extra but I would totally, it. I would do it with you. We can both be in the same costume, smiling take through the turns. viewport. Take, all right, take turns. We can take turns. Either then way, we can I'm do going, one together. Then we can do one together. Either way, I'm going to be crying like a child onto the control board. Of the Falcon. This is happening right now. Fucking Chewie. L3 is going to give you crap. Get your presumptuous ass out of my seat. It's like my favorite line in the whole movie. That's my favorite scene. I love L3. She's so, a spirit animal. What's your, like, what is your guys's, like, like, there's going to be so much to do at Galaxy's Edge. Um, Assuming that we know everything that's going on, like, like what drinking, are you looking forward to? Like, yeah, right? like, yeah. I'll be 21 by then. I will be drunk and crying and Speaking flying. Speaking of drinking, <laughs> two new beers will be coming to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, first, there's Galaxy's Edge Ale, and it'll be $7.50 for 12 ounces, 7% alcohol. And it's... Some and then there's another one called a Kungaloosh spiced ale, and that's the same price, but 16 ounces. They have a brewery which is naturally located at the heart of the arts district in Miami, Florida. It's the name that sounds familiar. It's because the craft beers are a staple of the most Epcot Festival drink menus. <laughs> I really hope that there are bouncers with lightsaber billy clubs. <laughs> 
on security. I mean, honestly, I, security. I want security to be dressed as stormtroopers. Right. And their blasters are actually just tasers. <laughs> Disney can afford a taser that looks like a blaster rifle. Just, hey, you, stop right there. Hey, man, <laughs> Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi is the biggest piece of... <laughs> Lighten him up. That's it, sir. You haven't had enough. Some Get you the hell drunk out. motherfucker just filming <laughs> at the mouth in front of Chewbacca. Just <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Oh, like this whole Galaxy's Edge thing, like I've been avoiding going to Disney anything for a while. It's like, yeah, I want Marvel, but you know, Star Wars is what's gonna push me there. Like, I know I'm gonna go there and I'm already, you know, I'm already like a good drinker, so <laughs> I'm gonna kind of put away a bottle of wine by yourself, Armin. We figured that out a while ago. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna go there with my wife. I'm gonna get real drunk because I'm gonna be so fucking happy. I need to calm down. And then I'm gonna, they're gonna like be like, dude, that dude's fucking cosplaying Nick Nolte drunk. And they're like, no, nah, fucking Armin. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be bad for my health. I'm telling you. Like, I'm gonna be broke after that shit. It's like, I feel like there's a reason why they don't really serve alcohol in the Disney parks. Um, <laughs> And it's okay. I, they'll regret this decision pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna happen. Like, right? Like, I mean, there, there's gotta be forty-seven-year-old like, men dressed up like Jedi, passed out, throwing up outside of the front. <laughs> when shit. I went to the five hundred first party last uh, in Orlando celebration, Stop I got Luke Skywalker. I, <laughs> I, oh my god! <laughs> like, I, I I was on the way home. Like I'm on the way home from Brian's driving um the guy i was with and um he's just like he's like dude you wouldn't shut up i was like yeah i was i was really drunk and i just i just can't imagine me getting really drunk at disney i just I'm, yeah, i don't I know, know. The, i didn't know you were in the 500 first at universal i got no, i kind of well, got just at the party i, I was just at the oh, Jurassic okay. park ride yeah tickets for the party were like a buck 50. oh shit hell yeah I didn't pay for it. CityCon, we'll have a party in our hotel room. I'll tell you what, it's going to be Liddy City. Weird Al Yankovic was there. Jared's going to do the Truffle Shuffle. I've seen him in concert like three times. But anyway, alcohol at Disney. I don't know, guys. I'm excited for it because I can drink. (laughs) But speaking of Steel City Con, speaking of Steel City, Jared, who's coming to Steel City, Jared? So, uh, in a really weird overlap between Pittsburgh Pirates news and um, Star Wars news, um, Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano, her husband and brother-in-law, I believe, have both been hired to work for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, wow. Hopefully means... I'm the new Padawan learner. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Fuck yeah. Which... (laughs) Sign is going to be doing events in the greater Pittsburgh area. Please, sweet Jesus, please come to Steel City. She starts calling the games. I'll have to fucking... (laughs) I can see myself, like, picking up cosplay Jared as Kylo Ren, and I'm cosplaying as Jason Voorhees, as my fucking hockey mask, like, fucking hanging off of me, carrying a fucking heavy breathing, passing out fucking Jared, dying as Kylo Ren thing. I can actually XG come to me, Ahsoka! And I'm just like trying to revive him. He's like heavy breathing. Fucking William Shatner. No, I was saying, what I'm going to do, what I was actually talking to, Jay, uh, to uh, Spencer and Alexis about this. 
what I'm gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna do exactly what we did when we met Ian McDermott. Like we're just gonna suit back up, do Anakin, Obi Wan, Padme. That is the best possible group to meet her with. And if she calls me Sky Guy, I'm gonna shit, piss, barf, and faint in that word. I think you might die in that. Like if that all happens at once. <laughs> yeet. TJ, you should know you're in the medical field. Can you die if you do everything at once? I don't think. I I don't know. I think that would cause a we'll massive heart attack. Because well, I know she's like super nice and sweet to like cosplayers and stuff. Like she's super into like that whole fan crowd. So like and I I just I've had so many bad experiences with Star Wars celebrities that like I'm at the point where like anytime someone from Star Wars is even remotely nice to me, it's the best thing to happen to me all year. Ugh. See, I'm like so oblivious that like I I don't know what I would do if I met them like a you know a, a Star Wars celebrity but I feel like even like you know people run in like like to celebrities outside like in the real world I feel like I'm the person that's so oblivious that I've probably have been standing next to someone famous and never never fucking knew I don't so, have a problem with the <laughs> horror community So like okay so first famous Star Wars person I ever met was Billy D Williams Oh my God, Lando Calrissian! Yeah, well, did you call him Lando, or did you call him Billy D? I called him Mr. Williams. I would have called him Lando the whole time. uh, Well, well, I'm glad I didn't. So this was like right after the Disney buyout. He was at Steel City Con. Like we didn't even know a title for the Force Awakens. We just knew Episode Seven was happening. I'm in line for like half an hour to meet Billy D. I get up there, and I'm like, "Hi, Mr. Williams. It's a pleasure to see you." And he's sitting there with, like, his sunglasses half hanging off his face and, like, a fucking Newsies cap on backwards. <laughs> and I have Mr. Williams, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I put out my hand to shake his hand, and he just, he, like, half-ass puts a fist out for me to knuckle bump him. And I'm like, oh, great, Lando's I ain't going to touch your dirty hand. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so Lando's a germaphobe. This can only go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so I knuckle bump him. And I'm like, you're oh, even too he... close to talk to me. <laughs> I love your Lando. Thank you. But he's like, and I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's an honor to meet you. I'm like, ha ha ha. The black, the bragging rights alone, you know, the phenomenal actor, blah, blah, blah. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So <laughs> did he really do that? <laughs> pretty much. Like it was exact. And I'm like, and I said to my friends before I went, they're like, they're like, hey, you should ask him if he knows anything about the new movie. I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm like, no, do it. So like, before I walk away, I'm standing there in like a David Tennant tenth doctor costume. I'm like, <laughs> I start to turn around and then I stop. And I'm like, real quick, Mr. Williams, before I get out of your hair, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, so I'm sorry. Yep, know anything about episode seven? And then he let his sunglasses fall just ever so slightly further down his nose. Awesome. And he looks at me. He Fuck looks you. Into, he looks into my fucking soul. <laughs> I, can, I, I can feel my insides start to burn. It's like Ghost Rider's fucking pen and stare. He's looking into my heart and he goes, All I know. So I'm, not, I'm in. not in it. Yeah, I like, knew it. I knew my it. My eyes got all big, and I put my fist back out to him. I'm like, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Williams. I, I like ran back to my brother and my dad, like shaking my head, like we're gonna get the fuck out of here. And you tell Harrison Ford to shove it. <laughs> Pretty much. So, you know, I from you know, I anytime a Star Wars person is nice to me, I'm like, 
it takes very little for me to be happy. It just has to be better than all I know is I'm not in it. <laughs> There's a very low bar for a Star Wars experience for me now. Because <laughs> Billy D said it so incredibly low. Uh, what about awesome. you, Armin? you have any cool Star Wars stories? Uh, the, the the best one, I would say, and was kind of like just it happened. Um, I was at my first Comic-Con ever. I think it was New York Comic-Con 2011. Like my wife and I went and uh, there was, you know, it's before the Disney buyout. So naturally there was Star Wars people just like it wasn't as hype. Right. So I'm walking by and I'm carrying my stupid case of Star Wars. Like it was the new Blu-ray releases or whatever it was. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, I need Chewbacca to autograph this goddamn <laughs> thing because it's fucking Chewbacca. Right. And I love Chewie. So I'm walking by and I'm like. Oh my God, I can't find this dude. Like, where, where the hell am I? So I'm standing there, like, looking like an a hole holding Star Wars. And this dude right next to me goes, Assign that for you. And I'm like, Who the fuck? So I looked down, I was like, Do you know where Peter Mayhew is? And he looks at me, he goes, And I'm just like, Oh shit, it's Chewbacca. And he's looking at me like I'm the biggest fucking idiot around. I'm just like, oh, I need you to sign my, uh, my, uh, my Blu ray. And he goes, What do you want me to sign it as? Chewy or Peter? I'm like, Star Wars? <laughs> I'm a starstruck and I just completely fucking blundered Star Wars for myself. And he's just like, he's looking at me like I'm special needs over here. I'm like, ah, you're in Star my Wars, right? like, um, like, what do you do? I was like, just please sign Star Wars Chewbacca Peter. So he, he has like this autograph on there. I'm like, and I, I like shook his hand and I walk away. And I, like my wife's like, how was meeting Chewbacca? I'm like, helmet. <laughs> I fucking I fucked up. I love this image in my head of you just like looking at him going, Star Wars. <laughs> it was so bad. Like I, I don't get starstruck. Like I meet tons of celebrities. I'm like, cool, cool, but like, you know, fucking Star Wars is happening, so like it completely took me off my feet. So yeah, this is so funny. Because you're like because you like following you on Instagram, like you just seem the most relaxed around all of the people you, you meet. Like I've like I've never like I can tell that like you're excited, but like I can't like like you can like look at the picture of me whenever I met Ian McDermott. You can tell that I'm about to shit my costume. Right. You can tell that I'm like I'm standing next to the fucking emperor. Oh my god. You look cool, as calm and cool and collected. I oh, never would have imagined you to just Star Wars. <laughs> Like, I'm not really like I don't get that like effect you know I'm like oh cool they're they're being like you know they're fucking human beings so it's all cool but like it was just like unreal that he, like he was like I'm I'm Chewbacca and I'm like oh <laughs> so, it, it was it was quite shocking and embarrassing so that that's my Star Wars experience other than that on the following year my friend and we were at New York again and Mark Hamill was there he had the original Revenge of the Jedi poster right. Oh. has Mark Hamill sign it. And this is right before the Disney buyout. He like laminates that and shit. And I was like with him. He was like, man, big again. I wonder how much money this is going to cost. And I'm just, I'm just like, oh shit, dude, you struck gold with that now. <laughs> like, That is amazing. That, that's my two Star Wars experiences. <laughs> I have zero Star Wars experiences. All my experiences are with the horror community. And that's from my other show. So... <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. Like, cause I've met a lot of people from Star Wars, and like, nothing has ever been as bad as the whole Billy D fiasco. <laughs> but like, like I, I also met Peter Mayhew. One, I pissed him off though. Like, that one was completely on me. Because I asked, because it was like right after. Actually, Armin, it's your fault. 
because oh, no. right before I went, okay, hold on. Right before I went to this convention, when I asked him this question, I watched a comic book cast video about a concept art leak for The Force Awakens showing Chewie with a robotic arm. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized how full circle this came. And I asked him about it during the Q&A, and he looked at me across the auditorium and went, you strike me as the kind of fan who knows what happens when you upset a walkie. I don't know why he was Sean Connery, but... Sean Connery. <laughs> I don't know why Peter Mayhew turned into Sean Connery. He's a good Connery, but I don't know why. He's a great Connery. Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> so, that's really funny. Oh my god. <laughs> what does Peter Mayhew even sound like? I forget. <laughs> oh, oh it sounds. Oh, oh that, that, that was. Sorry, that was. Um... Gandalf. <laughs> so somewhere between Ian McKellen and Sean Connery. We all need to be checked, like right now. So what's the next topic there, uh, TJ? Okay, so what we're gonna be talking about here is the Cassian Andor television show, and it's being. Oh. God, yes. So I'm pretty excited about this. Dan's pretty excited about this. Jared's excited about this. And I'm pretty sure Armin's pretty excited about this. Oh, I got my lube ready for this shit. (laughs) So to get straight to the point, the report here shows that uh, Production Weekly said that uh, the scheduled production to commence in October 2019 for the Diego Luna Cassian Andor Disney Plus live action television show, which... What we're guessing and what we can see from what we know is it's going to be him and K2SO's adventures up until Rogue One, I guess. I mean, it's not taking place after Rogue yeah. One. Uh, hopefully Unless we can see like, like Saw Gerrera again. episodes of 30 minutes of like piles of fucking dust. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Just blowing away in the wind. Is this Avengers sequel <laughs> footage or is this... <laughs> But like, you know, I heard this is going to be more of like a spy thing. Like, so a lot of espionage. um, Oh, I like that word. You know, we're going to be seeing Diego shoot some more people in the back. Like, I hope. I like that. Like, oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. My gloves. Let me get the (laughs) help. A little Mexican accent. It's okay. It's okay. No, but I love that part. He's like, ah, my gloves. <laughs> he just, like, bam. Uh, I hope they like. I hope they slip in like a little mini Easter egg to Narcos, and he just has like a thing of spice in his bag. Mm. A little. I, did you Diego. After Diego, I said that. Diego was, was my favorite guy in that whole movie. I mean, in Rogue One, I love Diego's character. Um, I am psyched like to see more of him just getting information running away from stormtroopers uh and just like and k2 i I mean is alan tudyk coming to do this that'd be cool as fuck uh that would that i mean i feel like he is k2so like how are you gonna like that yeah you're right i i don't know he just brings a whole he brought a whole like different flavor to that character he was the comedy relief in in that movie um, so it's kind of like 
you know, and, and I heard there was a lot of imp- uh, improv that Alan did, you know, while doing that movie that was actually in the movie. So, man, I hope he comes back. I don't know if we've heard anything about that, but we know Diego's coming back. Yes, that's all we have so far. I love the fact that the whole, um, when he like pimp slaps Cassian. Yeah. That was improv. <laughs> Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> you, see, like, you can see Diego Luna like covering his face. From yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. One of the best parts of the movie. Okay, Quiet. so uh, I'm going to talk about one more article before we get on to our emails. Okay. Uh, so recent interview with Bob Iger about his plans for 2019 and what he anticipates. And he says in a recent interview, the most important thing for these executives is what they create great content for this platform, Iger says. And I will know whether they have the new streaming service won't take away from the big screen debuts, he adds. When a movie opens up to 200 million, there's a buzz that creates that enhanced value. Iger says, we like that. Big budget Star Wars or Marvel movies we still open in theaters, but Disney will create related content for streaming like The Mandalorian. A Star Wars series written and produced by John Favreau, who directed Iron Man for Disney. Few projects are close call, Iger says. One we're making for the platform is a remake of Lady and the Tramp, he says. There was not one discussed about whether we should make that for the big screen. So, yeah. I He's don't... Pretty, he seems very, like, he has a lot of faith in this, in this year with Star Wars and uh, this Disney Plus service. Like I, I think it's it. really hard for Bob Iger to not feel good about twenty. Buddy, buddy, nuts. I mean, like the guy's camping, and he's like, "Oh, we need some kindling for the fire." He's got a bunch he of hundreds we can he throw in there. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> could burn that up. Get a get a warm fire going here. Um, he's so many piles of money. He's like Scrooge McDuck, like just like swimming. Uh, for, but like. The, the thing with the streaming service, though, like, I don't care that there's not going to be major films made for it. Like, good. Keep them. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, the way, like, they title these uh, articles, sometimes it makes it sound like, like, oh, they're not making movies anymore. And it's like, or, you know, I don't know. But that's, I- I'm so happy that at least they're going to be making, like, just the TV series and stuff for the streaming service. You'll, they'll put the movies after they're done on the streaming service and then we still get to do our big box you know office films hopefully like we'll people like end up forgetting about hollywood as you know as a studio and disney puts out you know marvel films and star wars and other films on top of it as a studio you're only allowed a certain amount of output per year you know per fiscal calendar year and you know like china like restrictively has only certain amount of movies they allow in there. So you can't go out there and produce like 25 movies by Disney and put them all out in one year. So I like what he's saying. It's like, look, we got the yearly cycle. We're going to put out your Marvel movie, your star Wars movie and get the big bucks. But let's be real, like Scarlet witch on the Marvel side, right. Could never work as a movie. That's going to garner as much interest as like, you know, a new captain America, but you put Scarlet Witch and Vision in their own series, you're going to drive traffic to other resources. So, like, I never want Star Wars to lose its spectacle. Be like, hey, we're going to put out three movies every, like, you know, 12 months or something of Star Wars. It's like, I don't want that from Star Wars. And I'd rather take more personal stories over here, you know, with 
the Mandalorian and like a Rogue One prequel and who knows what else they might plan wider net of star wars at different outlets like and i think people do misread this being like oh they're they're gonna like you know downsize star wars or something like i've seen articles claiming but then they like highlight what he's saying i'm like he definitely never said what you're saying in your you know title but it's like it's perception you know to me personally i'll take star wars tv series over to big movies any day but i'm also same with the comic stuff because it's like i like to get more invested into a bigger world so I don't know, but I'm excited by this because Bob Iger seems to understand the need for different like media outlets. So it, it sounds good to me. You know, there's nothing bad he's saying here. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like the way you were, you know, with Solo, um, that could have been also a really good little mini series that you oh, could have, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like you could have, you could have made that in, you know, you've got these, uh, these short mini series on Netflix where it's only, you know, uh, just one season of like five to eight episodes or something like that. And all killer, no filler. Right. And it's just, yeah. it, it's just, it tells a good series. It, t- it tells a good story, you know, low budget still looks great. And, uh, they're able to get it, you know, get it done and, and, you know, people eat it up and solo would have probably <laughs> been something you could have put on like as a live action TV series. And you can continue to do more character, type shows like that you know that's a I, I never even really thought of that but now when you look at like you know daredevil and all that stuff it, how far did you think you could have gone with all that stuff I, that's why like i feel like you know, you can't just keep continuing <laughs> those things like tell a good story in a couple seasons and then you know you're gonna have to pull the plug eventually that's why i, mean, I would love it if, you know like they said alden like had extra contracts to him i would love it if they brought that crew back and were like hey let's Let's tell like a four or five episode miniseries about the next adventure and tie this up because we kind of leave some loose threads. It's like, that'd be fucking awesome, you know? Right, yeah. I love that. I want that so badly. That's my big want for the streaming service. Yeah, I mean, this Mandalorian, um, you know, this is going to be the proving grounds on whether or not they can can pull off that type of of show and, and... continue to give us more you know with more yeah. people and and uh, that's i'm excited i'm excited for the the star wars live action stuff it's you know we've got cassian and now we've got the mandalorian well we've got the mandalorian now we've got this cassian stuff like i can't wait clone to wars. like hear more stuff that might be coming down the pipe yeah clone wars the clone wars Save. oh yeah but i mean that's what are we only going to get like a season of that yeah, it's like the final one season, right? That's final last season. We're just That's what getting... we deserve as fans. That's what we demand. But you know that they just get to go all <laughs> out with this last season. It's gonna balls be like out. balls to the wall. Ahsoka, fucking Maul, fucking lightsaber fights, bombings, Rex, Cody, everyone, all out Order war. Six. Demand war. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Someone give TJ some fucking Ritalin. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to go on to emails now. Before we go over to the emails, um, Battlefront 2 updates Uh, um, for January. Um, I have made it into the game. Thank you. (laughs) We uh, already, we're already past this, but on the 4th through the 6th of this month, there was a Heroes and Villains Triple Triple XP weekend. 
There will be a triple XP weekend from the 11th to the 13th for Troopers. Troopers! A, a triple XP <laughs> event for Starfighters. Starfighters! <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, on the 25th through the 27th, they're doing a battle point event called Arrows. Arrows! Where... <laughs> Arrows, not Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Arrow sounds cooler. Arrow sounds cooler. You have failed this city. Um, so basically, what they're doing for Galactic Assault is they are marking down all of the heroes appropriate to that era by fifty percent, and then locking all over all half off sale. So you can only play as like Obi Wan and Grievous and Dooku and whatnot. Uh, DLC characters map, and so on and so forth. And then on January 23rd, they are going to have the Darth Tyrannus update. They will be adding Count Dooku. They will be adding his appearance, his appearance, Dark oh, Ritual. Oh, oh, that appearance. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Team. I oh. am your appearance. Yeah, oh. <laughs> we'll be adding the Dark Ritual appearance. Dark Ritual. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. And then they're going to be adding the uh, Coruscant Guard appearance. Oh, yes, um, For the clones. So, cool stuff coming to Battlefront 2. Um, Armin, are you still playing Battlefront? Here's the thing. I love the first one. Played the hell out of it. Second one came out. I, I like a fucking idiot, bought it on PC because I was like, no, I want to get back into PC gaming. And it was real buggy for me, so it turned me off from playing it. And I never went back into it because, like, time just escaped me i really want to get back into it but i just like to find time yeah, as i say if you find the time it's like 10 bucks now <laughs> it's like it is it's a fucking bargain <laughs> yeah it's offensively cheap at this point and they're adding all the good shit now it's a single player story that's kind of like what i care about oh yeah yes. that's fun the 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 story mode the campaign is fun Good. Get the place. I didn't versio. I didn't is my sole animal. Okay, getting the emails, guys. Royal Farm Boy on Twitter, our homie, sent us a voicemail. Uh, shout out. You can so tell he's from our area. Listen to this. How do you do, backers? <laughs> Here's Royal Farm Boy, Anthony. Yeah, I know I said do backers, and somewhere back a few episodes, TJ was saying we're discussioners. I think you. That was one with. Johnny Grasso. Damn good, damn good episode. Um, so you're looking forward to a message from me. Well, here it is. <laughs> I just worked today, just got home, and I'm sitting thinking over the holiday. Uh, there was a bunch of different shows got released, but now my podcast playlist is just kind of dried up some, so I think I'm going to jump back into Yunza's show. And do some more episodes. Trying to remember, as I was at work today, just how the hell I come across your show. But I'm glad I did, because you're your neighbors to me. I'd have never thunk out of none of my 52 years being a Star Wars fan. And all the shows I've been listening to over, when the hell did I get into the podcast? Probably seven years ago. What's going on now? I'd have never, ever thunk that there would be... And I know there are Star Wars fans nearby me. I don't know any of them. 
Um, but I would have never thought that a show that I love a lot, and I love many of them, and I love yours, but damn glad I found it, would ever be near me. And now's come a chance. It's coming. As celebration happens, it's going to be at Steel City Con, and I'm getting my ass down there so we can just sit and bullshit. Hell yeah. And just carry on with a bunch of idiots. Um, I can't wait. Hopefully very friendly idiots gonna <laughs> tell you I love your show so. Um and I'll be a bantha of a different color when you see me. I'll tell you I'll stand out. You know who I am. But that ain't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we'll see I each think other. This guy literally bleeds black. Still city coin come this April. Looking forward to your show next episode on Tuesday. Tuesday. And I'll be along for that. Maybe pestered the hell audience on Twitter a bunch about silly shit. He fucking will. But till Tuesday, when I hear you next, oh. may the force be with you. My you friends. You fucking too. You too, man. You too, bro. That, he is so from Pittsburgh. He oh is. I love it. Dunk it. Like that is definitely not Philadelphia area. <laughs> What? Wait, hold on, Army. You're from Vermont. Have you ever heard the word yins before? <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys are fucking that? troopers. Did like, you still say that in a sentence. Using voicemails, we quit that shit on CBC. Where one night we got 18 phone calls of each about 10 minutes long, and this dude just was drunk and wanted French fries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. I'm laughing oh, so man. hard. Like, I, my my stomach hurts. Yes. Okay, so it, we got a serious question now. That shit's gonna be legit. Oh, uh, I know. I'm Chad, serious. the host of the Gordon Moore podcast over at Dubac, he uh, he comes sometimes comes on our show here. Uh, also, stay tuned for Gordon Moore episode three tomorrow. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 1 and 2. Anyway, uh, Chad says, Greetings all, your Dark Lord Chad Vader here with another email segment. By now, most of us are well aware of the various deleted scenes from the Star Wars saga. Some scenes are quite legendary, such as the early scenes of Biggs Darklighter in The New Hope, while other scenes have been glossed over. So I think my question is this week is, what deleted scenes or scenes would you have liked to see edited back in? For me, the holy grail of lost scenes is I want to see the Wampa attack in Echo Base and Empire Strikes Back. From what I understand, the Wampas had a slightly different look, but I would like to see it. A brief two-second segment was even shown in the original trailer where we see C-3PO rip a warning sign off a door during the Empire's assault. So what would, so what would everyone else like to see? Until next time, I'm your Dark Lord, Chad Vader, signing off. Okay, Jared, take her away. Um, I am stuck between two different ones for two very different reasons. I would either like all of the uh, Birth of the Rebellion stuff that was cut out of Revenge of the Sith to be put back in. Um, I think that gave a whole lot of Palpatine's um, political machinations a a whole lot more weight. And it made it more clear what exactly he was doing to the Republic. Uh, but the one I think I would, the gun to my head, have to pick is the um, extended Jedi attack in Attack of the Clones. Um, and I didn't even discover this until the Blu-ray release. 
But apparently there was a bunch of deleted scenes where Kiati Mundi and Plo Koon led an attack on a droid control ship. No shit. Oh, yeah, man, it's on I would Blu-ray. watch that. Right? I don't watch deleted scenes, really. I only watched when Ben went into the Falcon. Um, that was That was heartbreaking for me. But I don't really watch them other than that. But yeah, I really like that one. I have I like two. Kiyoti. I just yeah, I like I like Keanu Mundi and I like Plo Koon, and I really would have liked to have seen them actually whoop some ass on screen. Me but too. I think that's my pick. Uh, I mean, um, so I'm also not a big fan of deleted scenes. Like I like the complete product we get typically, and I don't know if this is cheating. It probably is, but. You know, like I've said, I'm a giant solo shell, but I would love to see the original version before Ron Howard took over. Yeah, so uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. See that, even though, you know, apparently it was more comedic and definitely not in tone with what they wanted and what they ended up with. I just, it's like, what if, you know, what if that movie came out? What would it have been? Like, would it have been so terrible that I love it even more? Maybe because I love terrible movies, but it's like, that's what I want to see. So I'll probably never get it, but Hey, it's, it's cool. Okay. Uh, what about you, Dan? I heard that the original, I, I would love to see that. I mean, um, I heard it was actually like, kind of like Ace Ventura, like <laughs> meets solo, <laughs> like Han solo <laughs> is what I heard. The Lord and Miller cut was like, um, but yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, other than that, I really have not watched that many deleted scenes. And uh, the one that I really love is The Last Jedi when um, Luke is is fucking with Rey saying that these raiders come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and fuck, and fuck up the town and stuff and like kill all the people or whatever. And she like... Books it down the beach, like with the lightsaber in hand, just like woo woo, just running, dude. Gets there and like again makes a fool of herself in front of all these caretakers and shit. And uh it's hilarious. I love it. Um I thought that was a that's a really good I, I would have loved to seen that in the movie, but I could see why they cut it. It was a long scene. Um but uh and it wasn't really significant. Um so but it was just funny. I mean it was just Luke messing with her. Uh just like Master Yoda. <laughs> okay. So, uh, for me, would be the extended pod race sequence in episode one. Ew, no. Yeah, yes. I no. love the pod race sequence so much. It's seen overstays its welcome as it is. It is amazing. Wait, what? What sequence? The extended pod race sequence from episode one. Oh, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't mind that either. Wasn't that all the laps in their full run originally? <laughs> you got to watch like a NASCAR race. And another left turn from Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> ben Quadraneros is yet to leave the starting line. And Anakin Skywalker <laughs> is hitting the turn. I love it. And my second one would be the snowball fight in Solo. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that part. I think what that, was it? There's a snowball fight between Chewie and Han and Solo. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have liked that too. That was from the Phil Lord and Chris Miller cut. Uh, the fuck? 
awkward those guys shooting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? oh, you guys are going to have a snowball fight, all right? Like, it's funny. It's Chewie, fucking great. You're going to throw a really big one at Han. It's going to blow him back like three feet because you're so big. <laughs> you <can tag> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I love the I love the fight that we got though. Um, and so I don't want to go off track too much, but man, that was the way they met was awesome. Yes, I like the hearing old and Einreich just like we can oh, all talk oh, about how yeah. awesome Solo is and how it blew us all away. I mean, it felt like an original trilogy movie. The characters felt like who they were supposed to be. Everything felt perfect. Minus and a couple oh. gripes here and there. I think the movie was fun. I think we all can agree oh. on that. And it is an, a very welcome entry into the Star Wars story. I, I think we can agree with this. Absolutely. And we all know about the shill who's in the cast, so we all know, we all know who's going to... I'm actually going to watch that shit right after this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. From the first it's scene to the last, it's just... I've watched, it's, I've watched it the most in theaters. Uh, I stood up whenever fucking they showed Maul. I stood up and I was like, fuck Yeah! So I was only like two other people in the theaters when I watched it, so. When I went in the solo, I actually, not knowing if it was going to be good or not, I spoiled myself. I just, I was read up on all the spoilers. That was the first time I've ever done that with a Star Wars movie. And I was, I knew about the Darth Maul cameo. Yeah. So, and I knew when it came in the Get movie. Get off of YouTube, so sitting, dickhead. So I had... Spencer on my left and Alexis on my right. And then, like, she puts in, like, the little... Kira puts in, like, the little key for the hall. Hey, we don't have a uh, Despacito joke. I know. I'm not recording in my brother's room right now. So, luckily, we didn't have to worry about Alexa turning on. So, which... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's happened multiple times where the room I normally record in, there's an Alexa right next to me, and I'll use my girlfriend's name, which is Alexis. (laughs) And then she'll go, Hi, how can I help you? And then... It, hilarity ensues. I asked her to play Despacito once because I'm a cringe lord. But um, I had Spencer on my left and Alexis on my right. And like both of them were like, who the fuck is that? And they were like slowly piecing it together. And then I watched both of their faces light up with that really subtle like Jesus Christ. And they both went, oh my god. And then like the hood fell down and it was, oh, it was so cool. That was, that was probably one of my favorite Star Wars moments so far in the new canon was just Maul showing up. It's pretty dope. Love that they use Sam Witwer. Right. Yeah, Witwer's voice and Ray Park's body. Right. Yep. Well, it wouldn't have sounded at all like, like impressive with Ray Park's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I try to impersonate Ray Park, but I'm sounding like the crocodile hunter if I do it. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that. I, I I actually did a better English voice than him. <laughs> so I think, uh, his, I think that's all we have this week. I think that is. We actually covered everything for once. What the fuck, Armin? Yeah. Thank you for coming on, bro. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Um, always good to talk to Star Wars fans because you know I talk comics and that shit gets annoying after a while. <laughs> Oh, I think you and uh, Dan get along just fine then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to end the the podcast with a little party here. But thank you guys for joining me, Dan, Armin, Jared. 
Excellent. Thank you guys for having this wonderful conversation tonight. And uh, until the next one. That's TJ signing off. And this is Jared, the Dark Jedi. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. Pussy Slayer. May the force be with you. What did you say, Pussy Slayer? (laughs) (laughs) I can't take it anymore. Pussyhood. Well, see you guys. Let's drop!